Welcome to T3, Today, Tomorrow's Technologies. Your host is Jose Negron. We take the guesswork out of technological jargon so that you know what's next, why it's great or not so great, and how you can benefit from it by learning about it early. Now, here is Jose Negron. Good morning, uh, folks. Uh, Welcome to T3 Show. Uh, My name is Jose Negron on uh, voiceofamerica.com. And I'm on the Variety Channel, the lead technology show, T3, Today, Tomorrow's Technologies. I'm broadcast every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time or noon East Coast Time. We're also found Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Please check your local listing. I'm always interested and thankful for the audience because throughout the United States, we continue to grow, but our international audience uh, continues to grow a little bit faster. And I, I think the reason we continue to grow is because of our audience variety and the skill set of our audience. We have hardcore scientists, engineers, and innovators who like to listen to the topic, but most importantly, we have the non-techie, folks who just like to know a little bit more about the products that are coming out, the future, uh, the future innovations, and therefore, they listen to the show. And so, this has been a very successful formula. Uh, To keep our audience involved in the T3 show, uh, please call 866 472 5788 or email me today tomorrow's technologies at gmail.com today's show is about new energy source and the reason i bring that up is because here we are uh 2019 and we've had two hurricanes pass through the united states and the caribbean islands in 2017 and and still today there are pockets in rural areas that do not have electricity And the question I come up with is, how can we solve this power problem? What can innovators and engineers do to help solve this problem? I've been fortunate enough to uh, talk to Mr. Richard Haas, President and CEO of Clear Value Companies, and, of course, Dr. Juan Blanco. He's a Master of Science in Historical Preservation and also a Ph.D. in Architecture. And I've asked them both to come talk to me about their innovation, the clear value hydrogen energy economy, a new source of power generation. So both of you, welcome to the show. Richard, first, uh, welcome. Hello, Tom. All right. And Dr. Blanco, uh, welcome to the show as well. Happy to be here. Okay. Let me start off with Richard. Uh, Richard, uh, you've got a pretty extensive background that got you started in this business. Uh, can you explain to the audience how you got started in, in the development of uh, cre- uh, the Clear Value Companies? Well, I was a, a corporate uh, chemical engineer and then a business technology developer. Uh, I worked for the larger companies that did this, uh, DuPont, GE. Exxon, then did uh, some time at NASA. Uh, to that end, I was always involved in new technologies, new business development. Uh, to me, that's where the heart is. That's where the fun is. And then in 1994, I saw a need for improved water purification systems, and that made me take the uh, entrepreneur plunge, and that led us to the hydrogen energy economy, uh, which, quite frankly, produces water. So I guess I've gone full circle here. Uh, but with that, uh, a background in uh, technology development and water. Perfect, perfect. 
And then from there, uh, you, you were talking about hydrogen. Today, uh, uh, Claire Value has, uh, my understanding, of about three different products. You probably have more than that. But uh, some of the key products, uh, what would they be? Well, we began in the water industry, so I'm proud to say that I'm the inventor of polymer coagulants. So most people, when they turn on their tap, they will have purer water than they had years ago. And I'm proud to say that I'm a part of that. We began in water, so we still do have the leading technologies to purify water. Uh, that led us to ways to recycle organic nutrients so we don't have poisonous spinach anymore, okay? We've all okay. seen those various vegetable scares. Uh, okay. And then with that, we have the hydrogen energy economy. So really, there's three different product focuses. There's water purification, there's recycling of organic nutrients, and then there's the hydrogen energy economy. Now, if I might now, elaborate... In- People, okay, go ahead, sir. It's your show. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead and elaborate because that's my follow up yeah. question. All right. Uh, people will ask why hydrogen, and yes. they've tried that before. Well, exactly. there's two key differences in what we're doing. The first key difference is, is everybody listening to the show has seen NASA send up a rocket. We are working with, quote, quote, rocket fuel, pure hydrogen and pure oxygen. So for those that are chemistry-based in the audience, that means no nitrogen, no air. It's pure mm-hmm. hydrogen fuel and pure oxidizer oxygen. That changes the entire game. Everybody before played with air for the source of oxygen, and that reduces systems effectiveness a lot. In that, the engines that we are developing are very powerful, very efficient, and therefore make a much better product, a true innovation for everyone that's eventually going to get to use them. And then from people say, well, where are you going to get the hydrogen? Are you going to split water? Absolutely not. To try to split water to get hydrogen and then make water again violates the first two laws of, of uh, thermodynamics to anything out of it. So we're not going to do that. We use methane, which is preferably the waste gas methane, and is the cause, the main cause of climate change. While CO2 from our cars or carbon dioxide from our cars and our power plants or a significant cause is really methane. Methane is 50 times the effect of carbon dioxide. So quite frankly, it's our waste that's going to get us, not our cars. And in addition to that, since we bring in methane, we're helping clean up and close the carbon loop for humanity so that we can maintain the earth that we love. That's our number one raw material. We turn that methane into hydrogen. Our number two raw material is sunlight. We use sunlight to make sure we don't release any carbon dioxide and add to the problem. So in that, we use methane and we use sunlight, which is an innovative way to make pure hydrogen and economical electrical power. That's that's a great description and everything. Let me just turn to uh, Dr. Juan Blanco. Uh, Dr. Blanco, you, you're known as a preservationist, an urbanist, uh, a, a scholar. Uh, I've seen numerous articles in the U, UN realization as a master sustainable development goal. You've been working uh, uh, with Richard here in this uh, um, value hydrogen energy economy. Uh, what is your take on all of this development? Well, my primary concern throughout my life has been the preservation of cultures. And <clears throat> I, ha- I think that it's important today. It's, it's very interesting how many things come together. Um, I think the best way to describe where I am now is to make reference to the 17 development goals of the UN. I think they're a very important template 
for dealing with climate change, dealing with development, and dealing with the 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 disasters that are going to come upon us because of 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 uh, rising temperatures, sea level rise, and all the rest. What I see in Clear Value is a very innovative technology that deals with all of these things at one fell swoop. It provides communities the ability to stay put. We, in, in our discussion, spoke with people from the Pacific and people from uh, the North Africa. And ironically, even though their climates are radically different, they both suffer the consequences of climate change. The first is sea level rise that's going to destroy, eliminate islands and also destroy the aquifers of the other islands. And the second through desertification. Clear Value provides an opportunity for both of those very different people to stay put by providing with an autonomous energy fuel that also deals with climate change. If you look at the list of the uh, United Nations 17 Development Goals, they look at different things that seem to be completely different, like eliminating poverty, providing clean energy. But in reality, there is a way to do both and to do it in a way where people have an, an autonomy to stay put and also to be energy conscious. In the case of Puerto Rico, for instance, uh, Hurricane Maria demonstrated very clearly a whole series of seemingly different things that need to be addressed. There needs to be diversified, local-scale production of energy, production of food. Um, there needs to be the production of oxygen, which is a very important byproduct. Many of the people that died after Maria died because there was no oxygen. And this provides an opportunity in a place like Puerto Rico and even smaller islands to have autonomous sources of energy. And also, of course, in the end, keeping people in place also allows them to protect their culture. Speaking in architectural terms, I like the adaptability and the scalability of this technology because unlike, you know, the box on the roof that is unsightly and ungainly, it can be worked with in a way that architecturally speaking is quite beautiful, quite handsome. Um, and if you like, I can go into further detail with that, but I think I've, I've yeah. answered your question for now. Absolutely. Let me just turn to Richard real quick. Uh, Richard, uh, as we talked about the hydrogen technology and the importance of that, can you tell me a little bit more of either your competition or what you're doing to bring the product to market? Okay. Uh, as far as the competition goes, the closest thing to what we have are fuel cells. And quite frankly, it, fuel cells are no competition. Fuel cells have inherent weaknesses that no matter how much we effort, there are a couple major hurdles that they can't get through. And I'm not on this show to really, you know, trance the competition, but I would say the right, closest right. would be fuel cells, okay? Okay. The other one might, might be electric cars, and this is going to really upset some of the listeners, but don't take my word for it. Go to the DOE and find out how many pounds of CO2, how many pounds of carbon dioxide are produced by the various types of power plants to make a kilowatt hour of electricity. Quite frankly, your gasoline car in the average location in the U.S. is cleaner than an electric car because of the carbon dioxide released at the power plant. Believe it or not, and don't take my word for it, go to the DOE website, okay? I truly, you know, I don't want to trounce the competition, but, but the electric car is misleading. It's not really cleaning things up. In most locations, it's making our problem worse. Worse. But now, yeah. if I talk more about the, the benefits of what we're bringing, remember I said yeah. methane was our number one raw material. 
A lot sure. of people say, don't buy Exxon stock, don't buy Shell stock, stay away from the oil companies, shut them down. No, we can't do that. Oil, natural gas are worldwide commodities. If we all of a sudden say no to them, people will starve. People need that business. That's where we are right now, right, wrong, or indifferent. It is a major part of the world economy. So what we need is a bridge for that economy, a way to help them play in a cleaner future so we all win together. Now, the methane, sure, we would like for it to come from a waste source, but there's not enough waste sources out there. It can also be natural gas. It can also be, since I used to work for Exxon, from a cracker in a refinery. There's a cracker. It's a piece of equipment that brings in oil, and a very high pressure and temperature breaks it all the way down into methane. We can use cracked oil. We can use natural gas. We can provide a clean energy future using the industries we have in place, and that's very important. Everybody has to play. We don't have to put something together where some people lose. If we put together something where some people lose, we're going to fight. We put something together where we all win, that is, in my mind, the solution that we need. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right, uh, Richard. I, I'm a firm believer that there's a balance, uh, and we have to move through the balance. It's another, we're not in a zero-sum game. Either you play or you're out, and I, that's a good statement there. I've been following the energy crisis, uh, trying to understand a little bit more. The fuel cells is an issue, electrical car production. This is the same thing we have with the biofuel, with the aircraft uh, carrier buying you know, biofuel. It takes more money and energy to produce it and then to use it. So that's pretty good. On your hydrogen development, as you move through the process, you, there are certain benefits from the hydrogen. Can you explain what you're getting out of that? Sure, I will go from the economic back into the technology specific. Okay. Since we're burning pure hydrogen and pure oxygen, the engines will be very powerful. To take the V6 setting in your driveway and retool it for this, we can get a thousand foot porn, excuse me, a thousand foot pounds of torque or a thousand horsepower very easily. So quite frankly, we can make your engine so powerful that if you punch it, you'll break it. Break it. So in that, they're very powerful. We have a racing team, a BMW sport racing team on the clear value staff. It's helping us bring the engines to the market. They see this in Le Mans in four or five years because of the power and the cleanliness. There's apparently a garage 56 for a new clean engine, and that's now one of our goals. So number one, it's very powerful. Number two, as many people don't know, when you put a dollar of gasoline or diesel in your tank, only about 20 cents makes it to the wheels. The rest of it is lost. And to easily understand how it's lost, you would never touch the radiator of your car because it's hot. You would never touch the tailpipe of your car because it's hot. Just like it costs money to heat your home, that is lost energy. Literally 80 cents of every dollar you put in your car is lost energy. Because of the combustion capabilities of pure H2 and pure O2, we can manage the energy such that the internal combustion engine alone is about 50% efficient, give or take 5%. That is a huge improvement on efficiency and economics in driving your car. At a turbine application, we're 70% efficient, 70%. The best system out there is around 40-45, as I've been told. Most systems for turbines and burning natural gas are only 30, 35. 
okay? Now, when you take the efficiency to 70%, it's a total new application, a total new energy economic situation. That's how we make electricity with this system at three cents a kilowatt hour. I repeat, we make electricity at three cents a kilowatt hour while we're making hydrogen at less than $3 per kilogram. The only byproducts are water, and I mean pure water, because it's coming off a turbine. Pure water, pure H2O, and then organic nutrients, which can be used for food. Now, in the engine applications, I talked about power and efficiency. I'm also going to talk about the length of life of the engine. Whenever you change the oil in your car, if you've ever done it, somebody else, most people hire someone to do it. But if you do, you're going to see it's real dark when you change it. That's because the carbon from the fuel gets in the oil, and it's the carbon that wears the engine and why you must change your oil. Well, if there's no carbon, the wear characteristics of the engine are totally different, totally improved. We estimate the internal combustion engines from this to last at least 500,000 miles. So you've got something that's more powerful, more efficient, and lasts longer. So therefore, when a customer is faced with the decision, they'll pick this. If you provide value to the marketplace, then the marketplace and capitalism will do what we need to have done. So if we provide the value in transportation engines and value in electricity production, then the marketplace will drive this for us. All we have to do is good old-fashioned marketing and sales, as many of us did in the industrial environment. With that, the world will do what we need on its own. So we're talking greater efficiency, we're talking greater power in cars, trucks, and buses, and electricity production, we're talking three cents a kilowatt hour, with the only byproducts being water and organic nutrients for food production. Now, if I might, I would really like to lead into Juan at this point, well, because he worked with the city of Brooklyn. I will, Richard. Let's just, yeah. uh, we've got 20 seconds left. Let me do this. Uh, folks, you're listening to uh, uh, T3 today, Tomorrow's Technologies. Our guest today is uh, Mr. Richard Haas, CEO of Clear Value Companies, and Dr. Juan Blanco. Uh, Dr. Blanco is a PhD in architecture, and we've been talking about the Clear Value Hydrogen Energy Economy. And we'll be right back. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips offers a psychological perspective on coping with common and current life issues. This show addresses topics as varied as marital stress, insomnia, depression, raising teens, campus violence, and building self-resilience. Listen in as Dr. Phillips and her guest experts share the latest in books, findings, and information that will inform and enhance your life journey. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on The Voice America Variety Channel. 
What's your coffee story? The one that defines who you truly are in a relaxing setting. It's where you share your memories, plan for the future, and talk about the now. My favorite coffee story is here with host Aniko Samoji. We invite you to listen in and share your coffee stories too. Bring your friends or just stop by as we talk about coffee and the inspiring stories that touch our lives every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Today, Tomorrow's Technologies. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to today, tomorrow's technologies at gmail.com. Now, back to our show. Welcome back, folks. Uh, let's continue with our 3T uh, show here, T3. Today's Tomorrow's Technologies. Our subject today is New Energy Source. Our guest speakers are uh, Mr. Richard Hossey, uh, President and CEO of Clear Value Companies. Uh, he's the inventor and researcher for the hydrogen economy. And, of course, Dr. Juan Blanco, who is the Master of Science of Historical Preservation and Ph.D. in Architecture and had been helping uh, uh, Richard in the, in the uh, aesthetics of the product itself. But more importantly, uh, he's been uh, a published author. And has numerous articles in the uh, in U- in the UN about the hydrogen economy. Uh, Richard, uh, when we f- left the last segment, we talked about energy efficiency. We talked about the value, and there's a lot of uh, good uh, items that you brought out. Can you just get, do a quick recap, and then I think uh, Dr. Blanco can add to his uh, to that narrative. Sure, and if I might, I would like to please clarify one thing that you said. Yes, this is proprietary. Yes, we have over 100 patents on this worldwide. However, this is not just Richard. Richard is just a leader. Richard might be an inventor, but he is a leader. There's about 12 PhDs in engineering and science here in Houston that have worked on this with me. Some really stellar people I'm proud to work with. PhDs in science, both chemistry and biology and physics, as well as engineering, everything from mechanical engineering through technology transfer. Some very stellar people I've been privileged to lead to put this together. So it's not just me, okay? Absolutely. Having said that, having said that then, the energy component, the part that makes the energy, both the hydrogen and the electricity, that component has as byproducts pure H2O and organic nutrients. And Juan in his urban planning and architecture background has put together an excellent application that he has designed for the city of Brooklyn and the armory there, and and I would really like for Juan to review that because it's an excellent use of this technology. Okay, Dr. Blanco, can you give us the description of that? 
Well, before uh, coming to that, I'd like to to uh, point out something that's extremely important about a clear value in terms of its, its role in in making uh, concurrent generation automobiles more efficient. Is that okay? There are over a billion cars on the road in the world, well over a billion, and the, every, all experts agree that the danger of climate change to uh, the livability of the planet requires taking action in the next 10 years. There's no way that those a billion cars, which run from people who are super wealthy to people who have a jalopy that they need to use for their life and their, 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 their business, are going to be replaced by electric vehicles, independent of the issue of where the electricity to power those vehicles come from. The only way to deal with that is retrofitting those cars. And the only way to retrofit them is to make it both economically feasible and something that will have positive economic virtues in and of themselves. That goes back to what I was saying before about clear value being something that addresses many of the sustainable development goals of the U.S. And Richard, I'm sure, can elaborate on the economic model for that, which is to have joint venture licensing. Now, I'd like to switch to the proposal that I made for Brooklyn and also for Puerto Rico, which looks at this, the, micro, the, the development of microenergy stations following clear technology, uh, but linking them to urban farms and also to carbon scrubber units. The idea being that this would be something that would have both a, a, a ensure the viability of those communities with providing them with energy, uh, cheap energy, providing them with food, and and providing them with jobs and revenue from what it just produces. Um, this is not a minor thing. It, to deal with climate change, to deal with the future of the planet, means providing energy, but also providing the w- water and food for the communities that they serve, as well as jobs. It, there's a direct tie between the current scenario in the world and the amount of poverty in the world. It's important to address all those things in sync. And the way, one way to do it, for instance, with the proposal I made for Brooklyn and, and Puerto Rico, was to create a three-part system that would, on the carbon scrubber side, extract carbon from the atmosphere, which is something that has to be done, is not just a question of limiting emissions, it's also dealing with the carbon that's in the atmosphere per se. But once having extracted the carbon from the atmosphere, making use of it in an innovative and integrative way, that carbon can be used to create building components of carbide fiber, but also can be also used as a nutrient for plants, hence its connection with an, with an urban farm. Uh, that urban farm would produce methane, and the methane produced by that farm would be used by Clear Value as, an, as a partial energy source to uh, elaborate its production. The water from Clear Value would serve the farm. Um, all of these things working together would provide their communities with, a, with work, with food, and with electricity, and with revenues coming from that that the community can use and employ for local development. That, in a nutshell, is the program that I propose for Brooklyn as well as for Puerto Rico. Well, that's uh, fantastic, uh, Dr. Blanco. I, I look at this as a holistic package. Uh, not only are you producing the uh, energy that's needed uh, 
and and the water and the food, uh, the jobs, and then of course the uh, uh, the revenue. Uh, so you've got uh, a holistic system and a community that is vibrant and self dependent is most likely as you uh, develop this community. Let let me talk a little bit. Uh, Richard mentioned at about three cents. I'm sitting here looking at uh, prices of electricity in the states. Of course, Hawaii is the most expensive at 33 cents per kilowatt hours and Iowa is the lowest at eight cents and Richard you got that beat at least from a technical perspective by five cents and that seems pretty uh, natural and as I glance at the electrical prices of the 50 states most of them are really in the eight to ten cents uh, but you do get some of them at the uh, 12 to 15 to 16 cents a range so that's that's quite a difference we're spending uh, quite a bit on uh, on uh, electricity at least three hundred dollars per uh, per household um, I guess that's what you're trying to attack more than anything else is to provide the uh, ability to get this energy and get get away from a centralized system Richard about the three cents versus the 16 to 17 cents and trying to provide uh, uh, pure energy to different households and get away from the centralized systems? Yes. The, uh, the world is going to distributed power. Now, those that have invested in the centralized power companies really don't like that too much, but that's the way the world is going. And the simple reason yeah. is because when something happens to affect the grid, whole areas go out. Whereas if you have many systems in an area creating many microgrids tied together, you have a much stronger system. Now, having said that, that is the way the world is going. The problem with many of the current attempts is that the cost of electricity is simply too high or it's prohibitive as to how much power can be gained in a simple uh, application. With this system, we primarily get our power source from the methane and we use sunlight for a biochemical process so we don't release any CO2 or carbon dioxide. Therefore, our footprint and our power per square foot is dramatically improved. We can get roughly 10 to 20 megawatts per acre of light collection. I repeat, 10 to 20 megawatts per acre of light collection, which is 10 to 20 times that of photovoltaic. Now, the reason we can do that is because we're only needing the energy for a side process, a biochemical process. Our energy for power primarily comes from the methane. So with this, then, if, it's, if a building is roughly 10 stories or less and they put this on the roof, they're off the grid. They're self-sufficient. And to the extent that they're less than 10 stories is to the extent that they're providing power to the grid. I was speaking to a apartment uh, developer who's putting in new homes in Puerto Rico because, of course, they're still rebuilding from Hurricane Maria. He said that if he covered his entire roof with photovoltaics, only for a two-story apartment building, he could only do 16% of his electric bill. So I told him, I said, well, we can give you enough power that you're selling back to the grid. He didn't necessarily want to do that because of the economics and the current uh, power uh, system they're in in Puerto Rico. But he understood he could definitely and very easily take care of all his power needs. If we take all of the, we'll say, buildings less than 10 stories and put this on the roof, all of those buildings then will be self-sufficient. If we take communities, as Dr. Blanco is discussing, 
and make them self-sufficient from a power perspective. We now have distributive power and a much more resilient grid everywhere, and the centralized power company is more of a wire company, and we'll say less of a central power source, which is one piece of equipment that when it gets knocked out, it affects the entire grid. So, yes, we are going to distributive power. Distributive power needs to be clean and it needs to be economical, and that will allow us to move forward. Uh, There is one other thing I'd like to say, if I might, in regards to the production of water with this. Yeah, go ahead. The the Earth's surface is two-thirds water. Your body is two-thirds water. The way that God and nature put the Earth together and put us together, that is not a coincidence. But in that, water is key. Clean H2O is key for life on Earth. That's all we make. That is our byproduct, water and organic food. So with that, then, we need to have a solution that fits in with Earth's nature, fits in with the cycles of Earth, and pure water does fit in very well. So the key thing I would like to emphasize with this is we will actually support the ecosystems of the Earth rather than make them work harder. And that, that can be a critical component to what our children and grandchildren think of what we've done during this, this very important time. No, I think that's a very important point. Uh, it's the byproduct is H2O, pure water, and, of course, the uh, organic food nutrients that, as Dr. Blanco describes, goes back right into the ecosystem. And if you look at the community that Dr. Blanco uh, suggested or described, I mean, you've got the whole uh, – you've got everything there in a small uh, micro scale. you got energy production. You have water. You have the development of the food. You have a job. And, of course, uh, you can – increase the revenue so you've got a whole lifestyle and i see that lifestyle more and more changing in the future as you move through uh, uh, the development countries is that a correct statement dr blanco uh, pretty much so yeah this this you know i work with an ngo affiliated with the un for several years right. uh, called world energy forum and it was clear to me, with dealing with different countries and different people with different technologies, that the issue is not that we have just a very old and decrepit grid that is prone to failure, but also, and also that it's not present in many parts of the world, is that people's need for energy is increasing exponentially uh, through the invention of new devices. So it's very important to look at this thing as a decentralized uh, decentralizing, uh, element that at the same time uh, needs to be coupled with a re-emphasis a, a, a on regions as interdependent entities. Um, that will generate the kind of wealth that humanity needs to survive. Um, it will prevent, because it will prevent them from engaging in the conflicts that the scarcity of resources produces. There are various parts of the world which could work or could break out over the increasing scarcity of water. If one can provide people with autonomous sources of water, let alone electricity, um, that will prevent a lot of bloodshed and unhappiness in the world. And there's so many many effects of this that it's really mind-boggling. No, I, I think you stated something important, both you, uh, Richard, and yourself, Dr. Blanco, because, uh, you know, right now we're talking about fuel. 
uh, this, the next crisis is going to be water, uh, from my perspective, and the next crisis after that is food. And based on this, uh, your uh, clear value hydrogen energy economy, you you really addressing all three of them. You've got uh, the power source, the energy, uh, which is clean and valuable, and resources, and then you're providing. In the water production, which is uh, pure water, as Richard says, where our body is two-thirds, the ocean is two-thirds, we need water to live on. And then finally, uh, the nutrients that go back to the earth to produce the, the, the agricultural business that we need to sustain ourselves. And from there, you got a micro-economy within uh, the various systems. So I, I, I see where you're headed with this. I, I kind of li- uh, like it more than anything else. Is there anything else I may have missed, Dr. Planko? Well, I'd like to say that uh, I had a unique experience working with that, that entity uh, in that I could see uh, the world and I could see the different innovations. And of all of them, the ones that, that impressed me most, and I saw quite a number of different technologies, uh, Clear Value was the one that I felt dealt with most of the issues uh, that, that need to be addressed, and it dealt with them for, for, for very, with, with great efficiency. Because the world is interconnected more than ever before, and yet it needs to respect the differences between the parts. Those two things need to work in harmony. The interest, another aspect of clear value that I think needs to be exercised is that it's multi-scalable from, let's say, a very rural, isolated farming community to uh, systems for conveying energy across continents. And... That's a very important thing because we need to have energy autonomy and we also have, need to have energy brotherliness where people can help each other in different parts of the world when, when they need. And if you look at the, the hurricanes that hit the Antilles, it really uh, emphasizes that because there was a need to have each, each particular islet have its own sources of energy and water. But ultimately, in a crisis situation, there's also a need to, be, to, to share energy between different regions. And development is about sharing as well. So the ability of clear value, for instance, it wasn't mentioned, but I think it's important to convey energy from one point to another more efficiently, more efficiently and more, more, more inexpensively is also a very important part of the picture. Perfect, perfect. Well, we've got about 30 seconds. Uh, let me just wrap it up. Where uh, Today's show is New Energy Source. It's innovation, uh, clear value innovation, hydrogen energy economy. My guest today are, is uh, our Mr. Richard Hawsey, President of Clear Value, and Dr. Juan Blanco. He is Ph.D. Architecture, and we'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Want an insider's pass to everything that goes on in Hollywood? Join Summer Helene every week for Behind the Scenes. Summer Helene is known as the Duchess of Hollywood because she knows the insiders, legends, and celebs and brings the stories, the gossip, and the backstage scoop. It's the real Hollywood, though. So this program is for adults only. Behind the Scenes can be heard live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
Success doesn't come by chance. It's a decision to take a chance on you. Attending the University of Choice is a goal, but not a guarantee. Dr. Cynthia Colon offers you the formula of going from good, better, to best, and increasing those chances of receiving that yes to your dream university. Get the one-to-one -one attention every student needs to succeed. Tune into Destination University, live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Today, Tomorrow's Technologies. To reach the program today, please call in to 1 866 472 5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to today, tomorrow's technologies at gmail.com. Now, back to our show. Welcome back, folks. Uh, this is the T3 show. This is our third segment. Uh, this is your host, Jose Negron, on voiceamerica.com on the Variety Channel. Our show, T3, today, tomorrow's technologies. Our show today, our discussion has been uh, new energy source, specifically the innovation of clear value technologies. Our guests today are Mr. Richard Hossey, CEO and President, and of course, Dr. Juan Blanco, who's been assisting him in the uh, implementation of the invention here. Uh, Richard, I'd like to go back real quick and talk about the hydrogen, the hydrogen economy that you talked about a little bit, a little bit of the technology. But uh, and and answer that, and then I want to address Dr. Blanco's, you know, a billion cars out there. Um, we've got a decentralized, or we're moving to a decentralized system, and how do we retool that? So let's start off with a little description on the hydrogen economy for those of us just joining us, and then we'll go back to retooling. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, I'm going to be a little briefer than I was a while ago. We have two raw materials, the first one being methane, which is preferably waste gas methane, thereby cleaning up the world's worst greenhouse gas. The methane can also be from natural gas or cracked oil. Now, many will argue, don't use oil, don't use natural gas. But please, let's all remember, many in the world need that business. Yeah. That is a lot of the world economy. We have to give those involved in the hydrocarbon industries a bridge to the future. They need to eat as well while we transition. So our methane is first from waste gas and then can be natural gas or cracked oil. The second resource is sunlight. From our energy unit, we get electricity at less than three cents a kilowatt hour and hydrogen at less than $3 per kilogram. The byproducts are pure water, pure H2O, and organic nutrients for food production. The engines in this, the ICE internal combustion engines, are very powerful because we only burn pure hydrogen and pure oxygen. Therefore, a 1,000 foot-pounds of torque or horsepower in a V6 is very doable. 
with a 50% efficient engine, which is much improved compared to the one you drive, which is about 20. The turbines in this are 70% efficient. So the economics, the value is there. And our goal is to drive value in the marketplace. So the marketplace makes a better world, not government. If I move then to the comment that Juan made, which is very much on target, our business model is JV license. And the simple reason it's JV license is because there's some very significant channels, some very significant industries in place in both transportation and in power. Why do we want to rebuild that? That's not wise, especially if we only have 10, 20 years tops to clean this up for our children and our grandchildren. We need something that can work quickly. And one aspect of that is how do we retool the cars, trucks, and buses in the world today? Well, since the premise behind this hydrogen energy economy is the combustion engine of today, we're simply going to retool what we have today. So our goal is to build joint venture in around the world retooling plants. We bring in one side cars, trucks, and buses that are running on gasoline or diesel. And four to six hours later, they come out the other side, fueled and ready to go on hydrogen. Now, why would anybody want to do that? Well, number one, there's a lot of value on the table. When there's value on the table, that's when capitalism works. That's when we can use our economic engines we have today to our benefit. If you have a car now that has... 500 to 1,000 foot-pounds of torque, and I know we don't want the high school student with 1,000 pounds of torque. We do realize that, okay? But in essence, if you have a much more powerful engine, that's value to the consumer. If you have an engine that's 50% efficient and thereby operates at less cost, that's value to the consumer. If you have an engine that lasts a half a million miles, that's value to the consumer. So therefore, whether it be a family with their car or the city with a city bus, if there's value there, there's money to be made for everybody. There's money for the end user. There's money for the retooler. There's money for clear value and for the investors. So in that, by building retooling facilities, by turning the existing ice into hydrogen ice, we can meet the goals that the UN's talking about and which Chris Hansen is very concerned about in climate change. And so in that, our goal is joint venture license to work with people that are already in place to leverage what's already in place so we can all win together. That's perfect. And uh, Dr. Blanco, let's let's talk about the uh, microeconomy that you talked about uh, and what's driving the UN's, uh, I guess, uh, 17 goals more than anything else. I, was on Dr. I didn't notice him. Um, the, the key issue here is there is interconnectedness between energy, climate issues, and the global economy. And at the basis of all of this, a major issue for the UN is what they call asymmetrical development, where you have the world is linked more than it has ever been before, but there are great disparities between those that have and those that don't have. And they're not separate entities. They're definitely interlinked between the two of them because the world functions as one in, to a very great extent. The, the key thing here of the, of the 17 development goals, and I have the list in front of me, is, uh, you, is dealing with these issues in a way that reflects the interconnectedness of all of them. 
um, it is key to dealing with poverty, just as it's key to dealing with water, just as it's key to dealing with energy, just as it's key to have good health and well-being, uh, zero hunger, gender equality, decent work and economic growth, the reduction of inequality, safe cities, protection of the oceans, living in peace. And also, I'm reading only a few off the list. Right, They're very, very much interconnected. And as you develop the product and you visualize it in the community, what are the goals that you will, uh, you know, what are the results from that uh, development process? Well, other than other than than being able to deal with the ever increasing scale of, of natural disasters uh, mm-hmm. by providing uh, first responders with the ability, the community themselves be first responders to take care of their own. When in normal times, it provides those communities with an economic motor for development and for dealing with the the, the issues that are important to them in their terms. Um, it very much protects their cultures. This is very important in the world. It, it, the, the key to innovation is, is diversity of vision. No, um, people, any, any new thing begins with the glimmer, of, the glimmer in the eye of somebody who just had an idea. And it's important, to, those ideas are very much part of what's known as local knowledge, where people know their environment, know their, their society, know their community, and they know what needs to be done. And it's empowering them literally and figuratively, to be able to achieve those objectives. That, in sense of being objective defined by that community, is also something that is intrinsically very democratic. Because it's allowing okay. people to have control over their lives. Mm-hmm. I think that pretty much encompasses the, the concern uh, and that I'm trying to express with with dealing with development goals this way. Right, right. And uh, let's, uh, Richard, let me go back to you. And are there any major surprises in this technology? The only real surprise I've seen, and, and I know all of the listeners can, can see this, is that the investment community doesn't want anything new. You know, when I was a younger engineer and I had hair, um, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, the way to do well and make a difference in the world was to innovate, again, investor, do well, and then retire. Right. Well, there's a lot of people inventing today, but turning an invention into innovation with capital is a very difficult task today. Um, as a matter of fact, we've had many offers to finance it. They've all been theft attempts. From ten to seven hundred and eighty million dollars. Literally, the problem right. is, is all of them are. Well, we're going to give you this money, but then we're going to pretty well take it. Now, you don't want that to happen because this is supposed to be for the world, not for one investment banker. Okay, so we've had to get creative in our financing models. We're at the commercialization stage. All the bench work is done. All the science is done. All the prototyping is done. We're at the engineering stage to bring this in the market. And uh, for what we're talking about, that's a little bit of capital. So we've gone to, we'll say, high-wealth individuals that aren't of the ultra-high-wealth, that are people like all of us, because mm-hmm. they understand what it takes to start, build, and grow a business. 
it's at that level to get this going that we're, we're getting our capital together to bring this in the market. Because, quite frankly, our investments, our finance community, is changed in a way that most people don't appreciate. Um, it's very conservative, very controlling, and very status quo. So the surprise in this has been the investment community. However, I must say, we're meeting some very good business owners, some people that know what it takes, that are willing to work with us and help us move this forward to get it in the marketplace. Because once we're in the marketplace, the value I told you will run. The oh, real yeah. surprise, though, has been the investment community, the finance community we have today. Yeah. Well, we've talked about it in several of our shows. Uh, we've talked about it, uh, the dilemma of uh, innovation or bringing on new products, uh, and especially uh, uh disruptive products people don't like to change uh what they currently have and you really you're adding to the economy and uh, you're adding to the value of energy when i look at these prices that i just listed off from eight cents to 16 cents uh uh people are spending close to 33 cents in hawaii and you got a three cents uh, difference uh with your product i mean just it's a no-brainer to to start changing that, and I'm sure the retooling that you talked about uh, from uh, from just the vehicle itself uh, uh, is just a great improvement. I I, I love the idea uh, of Dr. Blanco and the whole idea of the uh, clear value hydrogen energy economy, where you're bringing in uh, uh, energy. Uh, you know, you're bringing in the water that we need to add to agriculture, the food, you're adding to the job, you're adding to uh, the revenue. It's a microcosmic uh, community, uh, self-sustaining. Uh, it, it is uh, rapidly uh, moving towards uh, decentralization where you have your own little pockets and your uh, – uh, I guess you're living out there and you're surviving uh, by yourself in small little communities. Reminds me of the early 16, 1800s uh, where people had to be dependent on themselves, but your your product is bringing that. You can go from a microcosmic to a macro because eventually you'll enter the, the world population and the group. So we're, we're all in this together. I, I do agree with Dr. Blanco on that. We've got about, uh, about 15 seconds. Dr. Blanco, do you want to say Anything real quick? Uh, I, I, Cynthia, I think you you basically summarized it. We're all in it together. Humanity either survives together or dies separately. That's where we okay. are today. It may well, not look perfect. like it, but no, Maria we're in this and together. The hurricanes yeah. and typhoons. Right. And Richard, uh, uh, another Dennis 15 Chris. seconds for you. You want to leave I'm our sorry, audience? Sir? 15 seconds to leave our audience with any thoughts? For those that have the, the age and the experience, remember what America was like when we innovated. When we innovated, we were leaders, we created wealth. When we stopped doing that is when we began having problems. This is a solution that's value-added, that's innovative, that creates wealth, and helps us compete again. Let's try and go back to the America we had, where everybody could look for a better life, rather than trying to find a way to carve something out for themselves. Perfect. Folks, this is uh, your host, Jose Negron, on voiceamerica.com on the Variety Channel, uh, leading your technology show today, Tomorrow's Technologies, uh, T3. And we'll see you next week with our next technology, technology show. Take care. Thank you. 
Thank you for listening to Today, Tomorrow's Technologies. We hope you'll join your host, Jose Negron, for another exciting program next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Enjoy the rest of your week.